and welcome to Freelancing for Journalists. I'm Lily Cantor. And I'm Emma Wilkinson. And in this special bonus episode of the podcast, we're doing a follow-up to an episode we did six months ago, where we helped each other do an appraisal of our freelance careers. Yeah, so in that episode, we went through our strengths, weaknesses, um, opportunities and threats, and the kind of things that we were enjoying most about our work at the time and the bits that we didn't like as much. Um, And then at the end of that, we set uh, three action points each. Yeah, so this is a little catch up. Um, It's a bit about us being accountable to what we said we were going to do, but also to show the real world benefits of doing a self appraisal when you work for yourself. Yes, absolutely. And actually, I want to say this before we get going. We were really surprised about how popular that episode was. (laughs) It It routinely comes up as one of the most popular episodes we've done. So, yeah, Yeah, I think we really... um struck a nerve there that that and not just for journalists but for freelancers as a whole um yeah how do you do an appraisal unless you do it yourself absolutely just kind of a bit of learning about how to go through that process when you don't have a a manager doing it for you okay so Lily let's go through your three first so I set your action points and I said in the next year you had to um come up with an idea for and pitch a long read article that was number one Mm -hmm. number two was make that long read on something to do with running uh also because that's the thing that you were super interested in and wanted to do more on but also has been a way into a new publication that you hadn't worked for before and then number three was write um a book proposal so we're sort of I can't remember exactly but we're about halfway through the year since we set these action points so let's see where you've got with those number one was that come up with an idea and pitch a long read article so where where have you got to with that yeah so I did that um you know what I'm like I like to kind of get things off the to-do list straight away so I think pretty soon after we recorded that episode um I put a pitch together um about race fees so running race fees and this was kind of based on an idea I did quite a few years ago on nursery fees and where does your money actually go Um, and I sort of pitched a similar thing on where do your race fees go like what are the costs covering you know why are some races more expensive than others Um, and yes I basically put that pitch together pretty much I don't know a week or so after we did that appraisal episode so I ticked that one off the list. And we did talk, didn't we, about how you needed to set aside time to do that because like a long read is a bit more involved, I guess, in the pitch and you're kind of getting a fully rounded idea. Are you going to have enough to to write about here? So did you have to kind of set aside a good half a day to properly do that? Because this was for a new publication as well. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what I did. I think I did just put aside a couple of hours. I don't think it took half a day but I think it was a couple of hours I think because I had a template of how I'd done it before relating to nurseries so it was just making it relevant um, to races and kind of identifying the big races to speak to some smaller ones who I already knew contact wise who I know would kind of open up their books to me Um, so yeah I just kind of sat down and it was definitely 
a more detailed pitch um, than usual. And I tried to visualize how it look on the page. So I broke the pitch down into like what the main copy would be, what fat boxes there would be, what sidebars there would be. So it was it was much more about that the pit the the sort of spread as a whole was was how I was trying to pitch it because I knew the place I was targeting their their stories are like six to eight pages long so I knew it was going to be a long a long read which was kind of the purpose of it yeah so it's a bit more in depth than your usual pitching process and how did you find because you wanted to do a long read how did you find then when it came to writing it up how was that different to (laughs) forever (laughs) yeah um so yeah I pitched it to runner's world magazine which is a magazine I've always wanted to write for because I subscribed to it um and I really like the articles in there and that seemed to be like if I want to write about running that's the magazine I I need to be in um and they came back I think I had to chase it once or twice but then they came back and commissioned it. And they basically said to me um, that they wanted, I think it was 3,000 words. Um, and would that be enough? And I had a thought, 3,000 words, that's a lot. Because I'm used to writing around 1,000. And I, I, of course, just went, yeah, 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 that, that sounds plenty. And then I thought, oh, God, how am I going to fill 3,000 words? Um and basically, I spoke to a lot more people than I w- normally would. So I think I probably had about 10 sources in that article. And most of those people I spoke to for 40 minutes to an hour. So I spent a long time interviewing people and then an even longer time transcribing. Um, and then the sitting down and writing it probably only took me, I don't know, less than a day probably to write I did it in bits yeah um but it definitely took me by at least a week if not more just for that one article but I have streamlined the way I do things now so it wouldn't take me that long now it was a transcription that took ages and actually I've subsequently been commissioned by them again to do another article that was even longer three and a half thousand and with my interviews, I transcribed as I was doing them. So I was typing them up um, as they were talking. And that saved me like several days of transcription. So it was good that I learned through that first article. But yeah, it definitely took longer. And I had to fit it in before holiday. So it was a bit of a, oh, am I going to get this done? Um, but it was fine in the end. And there wasn't any queries. And it pretty much went in as I wrote it. So it worked out well. Well, that's good. And you mentioned then that you're doing another article from them. So one of the things that you talked about was wanting to kind of build up this niche in running and to write more about running, because that's what your side hustle is with your running coaching that you also do. Um, so do you feel that that has opened doors? Have you started doing a lot more features yeah. around running? Since yeah, then? definitely. And I've got that relationship with that editor now. So I've, I've, pitched him yes I mentioned I pitched to him again and he he took that straight away and then I've got another pitch in with him at the moment that's just going through their planning meeting um that I'm fairly confident will get commissioned so yeah I've definitely got that relationship with that editor and then I've started doing more stuff for trail running magazine as well so yeah certainly I think writing for those two main magazines 
if I was then to go elsewhere, um, that would work really well. In fact, I am doing something for the South China Morning Post that's related to running as well. So, yeah, I think I've kind of, I definitely have kind of ticked off that thing that I wanted to do was, you know, to, to build up my portfolio around running. Um, so, yeah, but I know what I'm like, in a year's time, I'll be bored of that and I'll be wanting to do something else. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's get to your um, book proposal, which was the third one. And this is where I go, oh God, this is where she's going to make me a bit write a bit of a book proposal again. Um, so yeah, we talked about in the episode that you did have an idea yeah. for something that you wanted to do. Um, so talk us through where you're at with that. I mean, obviously with everything else going on, you can't do all your action points at once. This is, just, you've got to still get on with the day job. Um, yeah. But yeah, t- talk us about where, tell us where you are with that one. I'm nowhere with this one. I've done absolutely nothing on this one. Um, I just haven't had the time. Um, and it's something I'm still really keen to do. And actually, I think looking further ahead, um, I need to change some things about the work that I'm doing next year in order to accommodate this. Um, if it's something I really want to do, then I need to stop doing other things. Um, and also because the book proposal actually involves a lot of um, running itself, um, then I need the time for that. So it's not just it's not just writing the book, it's kind of more of a hands-on book. So um, yeah. yeah, I'm not got anywhere with that one. No, we did have a chat about it on one of our ultras. I can't remember which one. I think that was before we did the appraisal though. Is that even before we did the appraisal? Mm, I think Lost so. all sense of time. Was yeah. it the first ultra we did? We yeah. did kind of plan out exactly what was going to happen and then yeah. nothing has happened since then. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah well there's one, one thing left to do you've got six months left so you don't want to have done all your that's true appraisal things and obviously um kind of coming to the end of the year we're going to be having a meeting soon about what we're going to be doing for freelancing for journalists over the next year which I was about to say we do at the end of every year like we've always existed <laughs> but we did last year and it worked yeah. well so we need to yeah. do the same again but I guess yeah um we all need to do that as well at those kind of natural yeah end points like and it, the end of the year beginning of the year about what's working what's not working and it's and it's that continual um sort of checking in isn't it and like like I said I still don't feel like I've got the balance right and for me the teaching has kind of been dragging me away from other things and I left teaching to do more journalism so I'm a little bit frustrated that now I'm doing more teaching than I was before. So I think I need to change that. Um, and yeah, to free up, free up my time in that way. Um, so yeah, it's, it's always fine tuning it and kind of working out where you want to spend your time. But I had a couple of really good networking opportunities because there was a couple of awards dues that I went to and one of them like had editors saying we want you know we really like hearing from you and send us your pitches and I haven't been able to send them anything and that's been really frustrating when they've been asking for stuff um and I want to kind of build those relationships back up again so I'm thinking 
you know, next semester I might I might reassess how much teaching I'm doing and maybe drop one of the things that I'm doing. So yes, I need to I need to think about that. Yeah, I don't know if we ever get the balance right ever because new work comes along, different things come along. And so it you do have to keep fine-tuning it because it just shifts all the time, doesn't it? And yeah, then, and you never know what's going to come along. Like yeah, I've exactly. been contact contacted for quite a bit of copywriting work recently. Um and so I've started doing more of that. And now I'm feeling right, I need to really go on a copywriting course and just get more to grips with that and I've found a course but I haven't got time to do it at the moment um and then I'm thinking but if I do that is that like then another string to my bow that is still taking me away from kind of building those relationships with editors so it's tricky because it's hard um hard to say no to stuff um which I think is probably a good segue um in that was smooth (laughs) that was really smooth that was like radio for smooth I was impressed yeah (laughs) yeah so saying no um so Emma that was one of your action points um so there were three things that that I set you um um once a month to say no to something something so actively say no and set that time aside for doing other things you want to do um also to start sending pitches to the nationals um there was also a particular client that you were going to ask for more money from because you've been working for them for a very long time and the rates hadn't changed um and then you also said you wanted to kind of expand your teaching and start looking around at other universities so tell us where are you at with those action points Okay, so I have been saying no a lot more. You have. I am working on this. Lily is proof because every time I say no to something, <laughs> I message her to say, I said no. Um, so yeah, I have. The problem is it hasn't yet resulted in enough free time to be doing all the other things I want to do, I think, because other opportunities have come along. Um that I've wanted to do but I have been saying no to things a lot things that I don't want to do and things that are actually just financially not worth my while and mm. um, so I've become a bit more canny I think about just taking a step back and thinking right how long this is going to take me versus financial reward what is the work that I actually enjoy and pays well yeah um so yeah I have said no to quite a few things I did have an absolutely mad September and October work-wise to the point where I mean I wasn't burnt out that phrase is just kind of thrown around too much I think but I really did exhaust myself because I was just doing too much I think um and yeah November's been a bit better I feel like I've <laughs> talking about fine-tuning I feel like I've actually got that balance back and I've had times in the week when I can think about ideas for pictures and other things that I want to do and just have a bit of a breather and you went and had your nails done the other day in the middle of the it day great I, I was very impressed <laughs> I know I had a Monday where I like did a bit of work went and had my nails in fact that same week I went and met a friend for a coffee yeah so yeah I definitely needed to be balanced. I had 
I think I just lost motivation because I'd been working too hard that I just couldn't that my brain was just I've had enough so I had to reset a bit um but yeah so I'm doing I'm writing about things that I'm really interested in I'm writing for people that pay really well I do have some ideas for pitches I've got two that are on my to-do list for this week I have sent one or two pitches to nationals that weren't picked up but to be fair at the time when I sent them I actually don't think I would have had time to write them had they been picked up because I was sending them off in that super busy time so I don't know if I was actually giving out vibes of (laughs) I actually don't have time to do this um but yeah I have two more ideas uh one of which I've done an interview with a company that are doing some really interesting tech stuff around vaccines that is really fascinating that I'm going to pitch something on um so yeah but that part of my uh action plan was actually always going to be moved to 2022 really because I my teaching load has been quite uh heavy since September which kind of brings us to that final point which is about start looking around at other universities um I have started teaching at another university And I think I was having a bit of a moan in the appraisal about teaching, about whether I actually wanted to do teaching. I'd not really enjoyed Zoom teaching that much, I don't think. I don't know. I was just having a, is this even what I want to do? I've discovered, I've rediscovered that I do enjoy it when it's the right subject. So I think that's what it's come down to. That if I'm teaching something that I really care about, that's interesting to me, so this new bit of work is teaching freelancing um, and I've, I have been really enjoying it uh, and I think it just comes down to it's a new topic, it's, you know, something that I can get my teeth into, that I'm wearing control of the module because we're both doing it and uh, it's a bit different. So I have rediscovered that I, I don't want to just give up teaching altogether because that's what I was thinking about. Do I actually want to even be bothered with this? Yeah. And that um, actually claims direct result of the previous podcast. The it appraisal. does hilariously. Yeah. What a way to get a new job doing a, a podcast. And then someone says, uh, would you be interested in doing this? So, yeah, I've expanded those teaching avenues and it has given me a renewed interest in that. So I think going forward, it's going to be about being selective about what it is that I say yes to with regards to teaching. Am I interested yeah. in this? Am I bored by this? Um, yeah. So uh, which is the one I haven't mentioned yet? Oh, yes, I'll save the best for last because this is the one I ticked off first. Like you, Lily, there was what I was like, right, I'm going to get on and do this. So um, I did have a conversation in the way that you'd suggested with uh, a client that I had been working for for a really long time and not had to pay rise and they gave me more than I asked for and apologized for me having to go to them rather than then having to think about whether that's something they should be doing so it just goes to show doesn't it that you don't know if you don't ask because I I knew that their budgets were tight so that's what I was had been putting off saying anything um so yeah so that did really that did really work out yeah so that was yeah yeah I think it's always worth particularly if it's someone you'd be doing regular work for or um 
I don't know if it, it depends who it is, but I've certainly found, like I mentioned with doing copywriting work, that I've been charging more than I would if it was for journalism because I know that the rates are higher. Um, yeah. So, you know, I've had to kind of go away and research what the going rate is. Um, and the fact that they've come to me basically means I can set my rates. Um, and I've been quite, I think, quite good at, um, yeah, negotiating a lot higher than what I would have asked for a year or two ago. Um, it's just getting that confidence. To yeah, do that. I think it's a, I mean, it's a good lesson in, because we all have those clients that we work for for a really long time and you're just happy with it and everybody's happy with the relationship and then all of a sudden years have passed. Mm. And while you're negotiating higher rates, perhaps new people that you're working for or, you know, new places that you pitched, um, you don't necessarily go back and do that same kind of thing for those people that you've worked for for a really long time. And if you were in a, in a salaried job, you would have those kind of reviews every so often with... Yeah pay rises or moving up the career ladder or whatever it might be and obviously the rate of living has got way more expensive so what had been a good rate ish when I started out working for this client over the years that I'd done it had now moved to the bottom of like all the work I was doing as the lowest paid but just because it was routine I'd kind of not got around to saying anything about it and I think it just falls off the agenda for them and for me. So it is a good lesson in kind of just taking a, taking time and taking stock yeah. uh, of where you're at. So, yeah, definitely for the next six months, um, I'm going to start making sure that I have time. I'm not teaching next semester at all. Um, I've got some kind of, uh, you know, one-off lectures and one-off little workshops things but there's no like weekly module that I'm going to teach so I am going to take that time to start getting those ideas out start getting those pitches out and making new connections and that is definitely my my next step and we need to write that book proposal and we need to write that book proposal <laughs> but at least we both have that kind of one action action plan left um so yeah we will add that into our how do we find time to do this next year yeah yeah. yeah I think that needs to be in there and I think yes. yeah I think and the fact that you're teaching less just makes me think I need to be teaching less next semester as well yeah so. it takes up a huge amount of time because it's mm. like the travel to get there and the you're not doing el anything else while you're doing that you're not doing the multitasking thing your focus is just on that for for a day or an afternoon or whatever it is so actually it is really time consuming and then it's all the feedback with you know as students get closer to assessment and then there's the marking yeah. so it's yeah it does take up quite a lot of time yeah it does yeah um I mean one thing that I'm laughing about because I'd put um when we talked about our sort of where do we want to be in one year I talked about less firefighting more organized planned work and not spending <laughs> all weeks like in a tizzy trying to do everything I've definitely not achieved that I've had a pretty happy November, but I, I think I'm still a work in progress on that on that front. I kind of like being busy. This is part of the thing, because I know what I know ultimately is kind of good for me on a work-life balance is not necessarily... like I do like that chasing the deadlines and having constant things to work for. I think that's yeah. part of why I'm a journalist. I don't like having really long deadlines in the future. I don't think I could ever be a project manager working on something that's like a year in the 
making I'd probably do it in the last month like I just yeah so yeah I'm still working on how to have that that kind of workflow that I enjoy while not sending myself mad with tiredness we'll get yeah. there yeah um, and yeah. one of the things that before we round up that I wanted to talk about um because it was a bit of an experiment for both of us is that we had put money aside so we could take a big chunk of the summer off and we were kind of talking in the last appraisal about we'll see how that goes is that going to become a a regular thing uh so I just wanted to touch on that before we finished up so Lily how did it work for you how many weeks did you have off over summer it was brilliant um so well I had five weeks off but I did write one article so uh, but that and that article was based on the first three weeks of my holiday <laughs> so um I went away to the Outer Hebrides for three weeks and I had pitched an article to trail running ma- magazine about running in the Outer Hebrides so I guess whilst I was there I was what I had one eye on work in that I, every time I went for a run I made some notes and then when we came back I wrote it up but that is literally all I did in those five weeks um we came back and then I went away with the kids on a couple of like different things um because we had a motorhome booked for five weeks um and yeah for me it was definitely the way to go um it was great having that amount of time off I did find it was hard to get motivated to get going again um I was like oh, I want to you know it wasn't like i I didn't want to work because I enjoy what I do, but it was just the motivation. It was a bit like, oh, I've had five weeks off. I quite like being a lady of leisure. Um, but yeah, so it took a little while to get going. But I told all my editors I was going away for a long break, that they wouldn't hear from me and that I would pitch when I got back. And so they knew and they were absolutely fine with that. So there was no worry about not having work to come back to. And in fact, like you, I had like, a really busy couple of months after so there was a bit of a hangover from it I suppose um but I would yeah I'm definitely doing that every year and I've had a lot of freelancers say to me like that is the ultimate dream um so yeah definitely was worth doing and financially it was fine because we put the money aside how was your break yeah so I think I was more nervous than you about whether this would work or not so I had three weeks off and completely and the other three weeks of the summer holidays I just worked two days and that was like a shift and another bit of editing work that I booked in in advance so I had work was full on those two days um and then I had the rest of the time off and actually it was great I think I'd do it again I think yeah it was fine and financially it was fine And I did end up having to say no to a lot of stuff over summer that people came to me because it's often a really busy time for me, which is why I've not taken it off in the past because, you know, people are on holiday, they're suddenly short staffed and at the last minute, editors are coming to me saying, can you do this? Can you do the shift? In fact, I think one of the people I worked for said, you can take as many shifts as you want over summer. And I said, I'm not doing any. (laughs) Yeah. And then they came came to me and I said, I'm not doing any either. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. We had the same plan. Um, but yeah, like I say, September was really busy. It didn't have a knock on. You always worry, don't you? If you say no to work, it's never going to come back again. 
um but I just explained I was having some off most editors were really jealous I'm like, yeah. how, like tell me how it goes like that's amazing I wish I could do that uh so yeah uh, I mean for me having those two days just to keep things ticking over worked quite well um so I think I'd probably take a similar approach next year and we are saving again for next summer so just to show that it can work and it was fine and I wasn't having to do the childcare while writing I'd had enough of that in the pandemic mm. like I just couldn't do that anymore and they were happy having three days out a week and then quieter at home days the other two so yeah uh I'm impressed you managed to do those two days though with the kids at home uh well one of them was daddy day because he works yeah. four days a week and so there was just one day where they were having to sort of fend for themselves uh and you know we kind of organize play dates there's things get grandparents involved there's ways around it isn't there mm. uh but yeah I think they get used to they got used to me ignoring them in the pandemic. So that was fine. <laughs> well, so I think we've probably covered everything, haven't we? Um, so we're going to kind of wrap up now. But I think the op- upshot of that is that it was really useful doing that appraisal um, six months ago. And it did help for us to kind of set those goals and to push ourselves. And actually the process of talking to each other making ourselves accountable um you know really helped us kind of meeting most of our action points and and then we've got some sort of ongoing action points so I think for us um finding a kind of freelance buddy to talk to about all of this is key and that's kind of what our recommendation would be yeah absolutely because I've set like at the start of a, a new year or something before I've set kind of this is what I want to do over the next year and then put it in a drawer and forgotten about it I've never done it in such a formal way mm. and talked to someone else about it and this is the only year that I've actually stuck to any of those and so I think that's the that's the key to making it work not just writing it down in a notebook and putting it in a drawer and forgetting about it uh so yeah if you want to know more about us including sign up to our newsletter then head to freelancingforjournalist.com you can also come along and follow us on Twitter where we're at Freelancing4 and you can follow us individually. I'm at Lily Cantor. And I'm at Emma Gerno. And if you head over and join our Freelancing for Journalists Facebook community, there's lots of um, people from all over the world actually on there that can help you out with any um, freelance questions. And you can also hunt us out on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, so this is the end of our uh, this series, Series 6. We will be back with another series at some point in the new year. So watch this space, but bye for now. Goodbye.